Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 108. On today's episode, I'm tackling summer decluttering, including where to start, what rooms work best to declutter in the summer, and a few organizing hacks that I do to make these summer fun days even more fun. Hello, 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 my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. I am thrilled to have you. If you are new here, thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoy what you hear and you come back for more. I wanted to chat about summer today. It's July and it's the month when the weather starts to get really good in San Diego. I know, I know, I can hear all of you groaning at me because we do have good weather here, but there are nicknames for our not so great months that have just passed and it is May gray and June gloom and it's when the clouds caused by the ocean dominate a good portion of the day. So it's not always perfect here, okay? But by July, it clears and the sun is generally shining again. And when the weather gets like this, it makes me want to be more productive. I don't think I'm alone in that. It would be great if I wanted to be active when it was cloudy and chilly, but it's usually not the case. So that is why I wanted to use this episode to talk about decluttering tips for summer. I want to tell you about where I recommend starting, it might actually surprise you, the rooms I recommend you work on in the summer, and some tips and hacks I use to keep our home organized as the weather heats up. But before we jump into it, I want to remind you of a few things. First, if you enjoy this episode, or any of them really, could you please help me out and subscribe to the podcast or leave a rating and review? I would really appreciate it. When you subscribe, rate the show, or review it, it helps me rank in different podcast lists, but really, I just love hearing from you. I received this review recently. Birch Tree Family says, and I quote, I started listening to the show while I was organizing the garage and had so much inspiration to declutter. Now I'm slowly decluttering our house and it feels so good. End quote. Well, Birch Tree Fam, I am so happy to have played a part on your decluttering journey. Keep up the great work, and if you're up for it, join my Facebook group. It's Wannabe Minimalist Family, and let me know when you're ready to share your results. I'd love to see before and after pics if you had them. Second, if you have feedback for the show, I want to hear that too. You can leave a review, but it's better if you reach out to me directly so that I can use that feedback and make the show better. You can email me directly at deanna at wannabeclutterfree.com. And finally, remember, you can grab the show notes for today's episode at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 108. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 108. And with that out of the way, let's dive in for, to our tips for how to declutter in the summer. First up is where I recommend you start decluttering. Now, a lot of people will say to declutter items that you're not using currently. So in the summer, that would be your winter gear and fall gear. Now, these could be your winter coats, scarves, gloves, boots, yada, 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 right? Honestly, when I first started on my journey, that was what I did and what I thought was best. But over the years, I have done a 180. Instead of decluttering the items you've put away, I want to recommend that you declutter the items for the current season. 
It's likely you've already dug out the summer toys. You know, those yard sprinklers, the beach gear, the pool things, the bathing suits, the flip-flops, etc., etc. Now, I want you to look in those bins or wherever you normally store these items, and I want you to see what's left at the bottom. I know there's something in there. And you know why I know? Because I had stuff too. It's okay. I had goggles, bubbles, and old Frisbee at the bottom of our outdoor toy bin this year. And they were left behind to rot in those lonely depths of despair in the garage, in the darkness where nobody ever sees them and they just go to die. I don't know how they die there because if we don't do anything about them, what's going to happen, right? They're just left there to rot. So the easy thing to do is to just leave those in the bins. You know, just leave them in there. I mean, maybe one day my daughter's friend will need a spare pair of goggles or will want to play with the Frisbee. But when I really look at the things at the bottom of the bin, they're the things we keep passing up over and over and over again. By the time somebody needs those goggles, they're not going to fit anymore. And by the time we actually go to play with that Frisbee, we'll have a different one. So they're not contributing to my best life. It's time to get rid of them because I know I'm going to keep passing them up they're not going to be the things we end up using. So it's time to get rid of them. Put them in that declutter box, you know, put them in the car, take them to the donation center and just let go of them. The point is that we need to turn our decluttering around. So instead of finding things to get rid of, I want us to use the things that we have. I want us to use the things that we want and the things that make our lives better and easier and make us happier. And then I want us to be aware that we can toss those things that don't get picked. We're not using them anyway. Time's not going to make them better. They're not contributing to the fun of our summer. So let's let, a, let go of the guilt as we let go of the items. All right. So that is actually how I recommend you start decluttering. Start with the things that you're using right now and get rid of the things that are for the current season that you've passed up already because you're not going to use them next year. Time does not make these things get any better. It just makes them worse. Okay, so now that we know where to start decluttering, let's talk about the best rooms to declutter in the summer. I have a few options here. Closets are always a great place to declutter because when the seasons change, so do the things we wear. So I want you to use the same technique and declutter the items that you keep passing over. I promise you that you will not suddenly feel amazing in an outfit that you currently feel meh in, right? It just, it doesn't get better. That's not how our personalities work. We don't start to like old stuff because we keep it in our closet. It just doesn't make us feel good. So we're going to go out and purchase a new item instead of wearing the thing that we're just eh in, right? So just go ahead and get rid of it. You're not doing yourselves any favor by having it stay in your closet and take up room. Another place I love to declutter in the summer are the kids' desk areas. Now, this might be more of a category of items in your home and not so much a dedicated space. So here I would include things like art supplies, crafts, and all of those school papers and projects that they brought home from the last school year. Now the school papers are a perfect project to work on with your kids. Now that they've completed the grade, it's easier to look back over the entire year and pick out the favorites. I want you to try to give them autonomy here. Now, depending on how old they are, because they can be in charge. This is something that they can take control over. So I love to set the boundary with like one paper file or whatever, wherever you keep your um, papers, um, just pick like one file folder for them or like one section um, or maybe even limit it to the number of papers they get to keep 
and then let your child choose. So I do that. I let my daughter choose her favorites. And if there's room and there's something that I love, I will grab it out. It doesn't generally happen, but I just want to point it out there. Like if there's something that your kids are like, eh, you know, and they pass it over, but it's a project that maybe you guys worked on together. It holds some, you know, some meaning to you. You really like it, or you're just really proud of the work they did on that project, then go ahead and keep it. Um, but generally my daughter's going to hit the highlights and it's a great selection of the body of work from that year. So I just go with it. So the school papers, another great thing to declutter and another way that you can get your kids involved and kind of give them control over it and let them pick what they want to keep from the year. What makes them proud? What are they going to be happy to look back on? Um, You know, what are their projects they really enjoyed working on? The third place to declutter is your fridge and freezer. Now, Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. In our home, we try to eat food that's in season and When we do that, the food we have in our refrigerator can change a lot throughout the year. We eat lighter meals in the summer, and thus a lot of the sauces and the things we ate in the winter, well, they're not going to last all the way until the next winter. So that's why I like to clean it all out. Now, what I do when I clean it out is I take everything out of the fridge, I wipe down all the shelves, I do all that. Then I make a list of everything that I have, and I put it back in a slightly more organized fashion if things have gotten out of place, because... Let's be honest, everybody in the family is using it. It doesn't always stay exactly how I imagine it. You know, the condiments end up all over and things end up shoved in the back. We're human, right? So this thing, these happen on a daily basis or a regular basis. 
And that's why we need to do the maintenance and clean things out every once in a while. But once I have that list, I try to add meals to the menu for the upcoming week that's going to use up those flavors that I don't see using again. Or if I have just a little bit in the jar or something, I try to make you know, a list of meals that include those things so that I can get the stuff used up and it's not going to, you know, rot in my fridge and go bad before we can use it. So things that make it into the rotation, you know, when it's cooler are things like chilies and hot soups. So if I have things that fit with that, that I need to use up, I'm going to go ahead and try to get those out right before, you know, And again, this is coming out in July. Maybe you'll have a, you know, dip in weather or if it's going to be a storm or something, summer storm, you can make uh, meals like this that will kind of fit with that mood a little bit more. Or maybe you can tweak things um, and that way you can use up this food and stuff before it goes bad. So using things up instead of just tossing them out, it's going to help us save money. It's going to cut back on that food waste, which I just talked about. Yay. And can I just say that a clean fridge, it's so calming and refreshing. It makes me want to eat healthier, which I really love in the summertime. So it is another win. And the last place that I will suggest that you declutter this summer, it's a big one, and I bet you can guess it. Yep, it is the garage. Now I know, I, can, I know, again, with the size, you guys, I can hear it. I know. But guess what? Your garage is not going to declutter itself. And it's better to tackle it when the weather is nice and the days are longer because it's going to give you more time to get through the stuff that's in there. So this way you can pull all the items out. You can sort them on your driveway. You can repark the car somewhere else and use your garage um, as the staging area. If you're not able to park in the garage, just Imagine what it's going to be like when you can park your car in the garage. So I want you to just to take a moment. I know it's a lot of work, but really think about the things in your garage and decide whether you actually need to keep them. You don't. You don't actually need to keep them unless they're being used and you love them, okay? So again, pull everything out, sort it into different categories, then go ahead and pick your favorites and let go of those things that you keep passing over. Do you hear this general theme? If you're not using it now, you're probably not going to use it in the summer. And I can say probably with like 99% clarity. Okay. Now I'm going to give you, I'm going to go on a little side tangent here and give you a little advice. (laughs) So here's what's going to happen. My mom talked to me about this the other day when we were there visiting and she said, you know, something about she had just decluttered something and it made her think the next week she thought of it and was like kind of sad she had decluttered it. Now, that's going to happen and it's going to be okay. It's a fleeting moment. But what happens is your brain does this really weird trick where now it knows of the item right? Before you had forgotten about it. It was in the recesses of your memory somewhere. You didn't actually remember that you had it, but you know, I guess if, you know, it's in there somewhere because you could recall it. You knew at the one point you bought it. But what happens is you've now gone through all your stuff. You've sorted out the things you don't use. And instead of thinking of the things that you have, your brain does this really mean trick where it thinks of the things you got rid of. So I want you to be prepared for that moment. And instead of saying, well, I'm going to find a reason to use this, I want you to flip it and say, you know, my brain's probably going to come up with some really weird reason to use this. But 
it's probably not something that I, one, need to do because I haven't done it for years or I haven't thought of this thing in years. And it's just my brain being like one last hurrah to that item, right? So think about it in a way of like, I probably wouldn't have even remembered that I had this thing except that I just did this task of decluttering. And in my normal life, I wouldn't have needed to do this thing. It wouldn't have made me any happier. And so I'm just going to live with that thought for a moment and say, huh, that's funny brain. I wouldn't have thought of that except that I just saw that item, right? It's going to happen. You're going to find a tool or something that you get rid of. And then you're like, oh, but I could have used that tool for something. So just think of what you would done would have done if you didn't know you had that tool in the first place, because that's what would have happened in real life had you not decluttered. Okay. Just think about that. All right. (laughs) Okay. I told you I was going to get off on a tangent. So those things are going to happen. Our brains are really weird like that, but it's not a reason to not declutter. Think of all the benefits you're going to have. And that one little hiccup that you might have on the thing that you forgot you had in the deep recesses of the garage darkness is not the reason to not declutter. Putting your car in the garage is a reason to declutter. Being able to get the toys out and have more fun with your kids this summer, that is a reason to declutter. Those are the things that are going to positively impact your life, okay? Back to the thing. Pick your favorites, let go of the items that you keep passing over, then put the things back where you will actually use them and how you will use them. Put them in categories so that you know what you have. One more point here. I want to make sure that you don't keep the things that are useful, but you're not using, right? Those aren't useful to you. They're useful to someone, so they're perfect to donate, but if you're not using them, they're not useful to you. So I want you to really challenge yourself to declutter things that you haven't used in a long time. 99% of these items you will never miss. There will be a few that you will miss. There may be a couple that you need to replace, but just think about being able to upgrade to one that really does the job that you want it to do and does the job really well. And then, you know, the other few that you kind of miss, see if there's something, some other workaround that you can use to get around them, okay? Because there's going to be other substitutes and things you can use. It's okay. Sometimes we just need to get a job done. We don't need to get a job done perfectly. Okay, so now that I've harped on decluttering for a little while, I want to finish up with some organization hacks that I use in our home to make summer more fun or maybe just easier. And when things are easier, they are more fun because I'm in a better mood. Okay, so the first is to keep the bags packed. This is the first thing we do. So we go to the beach a lot, and I feel like I have been talking about that a lot. I've been on a lot of guest shows, and and so maybe I've just been talking about our beach trips. But I kind of hate packing everything up in the morning before the beach. There's just a lot, right? And there's been too many times where we've forgotten just like one little thing. And so now... I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? 
And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. I just try to keep as much of the beach stuff packed as possible. So instead of putting the towels back in the linen closet, I go ahead and I put them right back in the beach bag after they've been laundered. So literally, we come home from the beach, I take all of our towels and all of our sandy stuff and I rinse it off and I put the towels in the washing machine and I run the load. And then when it comes out and I fold the laundry, instead of putting those in the linen closet, I take everything and I put it right back in the beach bag. It's fantastic. Now I know where it is. It's ready to go. I don't have to pack it in the morning. And it's fantastic. So that's where I also store our sunblock, my daughter's goggles, the rash guards, and any other beach gear that we use on a regular basis that's not like the bathing suits that we're going to put on our body. I don't want to go digging in a beach bag to get the bathing suits out. You totally could if that's where you want to keep them, but I we keep them in a separate drawer. So it's great. It cuts back on our get ready time on beach days. It helps me start my day calm, knowing that I will have everything we need when we get to the beach. And it just puts us all in a better mood because things are simpler. And then we just make up our lunches and we pack up the cooler and we're ready to go. Now you can do this for all sorts of activities. And I have seen several ideas that I've seen called like grab and go fun bags. And so it's really a clever way for you to just kind of hack the system and take off probably 20 minutes of your day. Now, maybe even more because I will say in the summertime when the days are a little bit lazier and, you know, I've taken time off to hang out with my kiddo, it's sometimes really hard to get motivated to get out the door. So if you have this grab and go bag, it's just much easier to say like, well, if everything's already packed up, all I have to do is get our clothes on and we can head out. And if that's just like lowering the barrier to get you out of the house. And it just makes it so much easier. So let's talk about another grab and go bag you could do. And one we have actually in our house is for the library. So we love to check out books. And then when we're finished with them, instead of just putting them on the side in the room on the side of the bookshelf or piled up all over the house or kind of just, you know, stacked everywhere, we actually put them in a bag. 
and it makes it easier for us to know what books are ready to be returned. So especially if I end up going to the library without, like while my daughter's at camp or something, I know what book she's already finished with or which book she decided she didn't want to read because maybe I know she didn't read them. But if she puts them in the bag, she's ready to send them back to the library and get new ones. And so I don't have to spend any time looking around the house, looking for books. It helps make sure we don't lose a library library book or forget to return one and you know have overdue fees or anything like that. So absolutely love having a library bag. Highly recommend it. And then you could also have grab and go bags for car rides or picnics or days at the park, things like that. And the trick is you just put in the bag anything that you would use on a regular basis when you go to that place. Maybe it's a picnic basket um, or a picnic blanket, I mean. Maybe it's, um, you know, different toys that you have just for that specific place. Maybe it's, um, we have torpedoes that we use at the pool. So we have a different pool um, kind of grab and go bag. It's like my daughter's snorkel gear. So she'll just like take that with the pool toys in it. And, um, you know, that's different than our beach bag because the beach stuff is sandy stuff and we're not having obviously dive toys and things like that at the beach. So there are all sorts of different things you can do. So just be creative here. Think about the things you do on a regular basis and then put those things in different bags and it will make your life so much easier. So speaking of the beach, I have a couple other beach hacks I want to share. And the first is to create a foot wash station at your car. So you can do this by filling up what I love is a ketchup bottle. So those ketchup bottles, they're great because they have like the squeezy thing at the top, you know, that stopper that keeps the ketchup in there when it's upside down. I think it's the upside down ones. And so it's got kind of that little rubber stopper. And so you can squeeze the bottle for pressure and it helps get the sand off. And it feels like one of like a like a hand washing station. It's fantastic. Um, I figured this out during COVID when we were traveling in the car and I didn't want to have to stop. Um, And so we had a hand washing station. And so anyway, ketchup bottles, the ones that store upside down are fantastic for this. Or you can take it up a notch and you can create a warm shower station. So these are fantastic when it's a little bit chillier outside. Um, And so what you do is you fill up a large plastic bottle, like you know, old apple juice bottles or something like that. Now you fill them up with warm tap water at your home and then you store them in an insulated bag in your car. You know, those bags that you use that can be more for cold stuff at the grocery store. Well, they work well for warm stuff too. It's amazing. And so what you do is you just put those in your car and then at the end of the day, when you come back, you can use those to shower off. Now, it sure lowers the number of complaints that I get from my kiddo at the beach because those beach showers are notoriously cold. And it's just a great way to kind of rinse that salt off um, before we get home and can actually shower off. And it helps save the car too because, oh my gosh, there is always so much sand in our car in the summer. But these are great. So if you want to do a full shower, you can do that and use warm water and then it feels so wonderful after a long day at the beach. Now, another hack I use to get sand off if you don't want to use water is to use baby powder. And so really baby powder, it's like magic. You sprinkle it on your feet, you rub it around and the sand just falls off. It's so cool. And my daughter loves it because she can do it herself and it just feels good. And it's kind of a fun, like tactile thing. And then her feet are all smooth. And she she absolutely loves when I let her do the baby powder versus the water wash. Um, So definitely check that out. And if you do that, try to get the talc-free baby powder. So it's the corn corn starch-based baby powder and it works wonderfully. 
Now, another hack I recommend is to have a few meal ideas that you know work really well for outings. So I have talked about this multiple times that my family and I are not foodies. But if you're foodies, you can come up with some simple things too. But for us, we keep it really simple. We do peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, fruit, nuts, and cookies for dessert. Whenever we do our outings, it's super easy. It's not gourmet, but it keeps well in a cooler. And especially when I pack them in my favorite bento boxes and we each just grab our lunches when we're hungry. So there's no mess. There's no fuss. It's easy. You know, we each have our own thing. If one of us is hungry before the other, I don't have to stop what I'm doing and like get out the lunch stuff and like get out the different bags. And because we have our own boxes, I don't have to worry about sand getting in them. We can cover them up and keep the seagulls out. It works really well. Now, I love these boxes so much. We have used them for years. So I will link them in the show notes because if you want to check out what we use and if you want to get this kind of a a product, it's fantastic. So I will make sure that I link it in the show notes. They have color coordinated tops. So we each get our own top um, lid for the box and then we know which is ours. And so trust me, it makes your life so much easier. And my friends comment on them all the time. So If you're looking for a new option, check them out. And then I'm going to leave you with one more of my favorite hacks for summer. And it is how to dry your wet clothes faster. It works like a charm. So let's say that you have a certain bathing suit, or in my case, a wetsuit that needs to be worn every day for a summer activity. I learned this last year when we did surf camp and it works. Our other friends, their poor kiddos had to come to day two in like wet wetsuits because they didn't dry out overnight. Wetsuits are notoriously hard to get dry. You can't wash them. You can't put them in the dryer. So you just kind of have to hang them out. And so this is what we do. So what you do is you rinse it out because obviously it's super sandy. It's gross. It needs to be cleaned. So you rinse it out. But that means it's sopping wet, right? It's dripping in the afternoon and there's no way it's going to be dry by morning. So what you do is you roll it up in a dry towel, put a dry towel on the floor, put the item that needs to be dried on top and then roll it up from one end to the other. And then instead of trying to like wring it out or squeeze it out, I simply put it on the floor and then I step on it. I walk across it and that is what works because obviously I'm a little bit heavier than I could use my arm strength to twist this thing enough. There's no way I could squeeze it with enough pressure. And so I just keep it super simple. I stand on it. My daughter loves it. She jumps on it. She walks on it. You know, it kind of makes it fun and makes it a game. Then all you do is you unroll it. You hang up your item and it's going to be dry by morning. It's still going to be a little damp, but by morning it is dry. And so now you are ready for loads more fun tomorrow. You don't get the complaints about it being cold or wet or nobody likes putting on wet, cold clothes. It's no fun. And so now you're good to go for a whole nother day of fun. So there you go. There are some of my favorite ideas for how to declutter this summer, where to start and hacks to make summer just a little bit more fun. And with that, I'll turn it to you. Are you planning to declutter this summer? What space are you planning to tackle? Or what about the organizing hacks? Did you have a favorite? Well, come on over to Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share. I can't wait to hear all about it. 
And if you like this episode or found any episode helpful, please come help me out and subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review. I would really appreciate it. Of course, if there's anything you want me to talk about, you have questions about what I discuss, or you want me to go into more detail on something, please pass along your suggestions to me. I am all ears. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm wannabe clutter free there, or you can email me at Deanna at wannabeclutterfree.com. I read all of my emails and I do my best to get back to you quickly. And don't forget about my big summer sale. Right now, you can get Tidy Home Academy and my popular Home Systems Power Pack for one unbelievable price. It just might be the nudge and helping hand that you need to take back control of your home, declutter and organize it, and create the systems to get it running smoothly. Just think about how awesome your home will be when you wake up every day and don't feel the pressure and guilt of getting it clean and organized and dealing with the chaos and the mess. So head on over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash academy to learn more and to sign up. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash academy. That just about wraps it up for today's episode. I hope today's show was not only helpful, but inspires you to take action and make a positive change in your life, no matter how small. So join me here next week for another guest episode. I will be chatting with Dr. Michelle Deering about empowering our daughters for a brighter future. I say this about every single show, but this really was probably one of my favorite interviews yet. Dr. Deering and I had such a joyful conversation, and it was filled with so many nuggets of wisdom. I know it is one that you will definitely not want to miss. Even if you have sons, there are nuggets of information there that you can use uh, with your children. So definitely check it out. All right. Have a fabulous day and I will see you back here next week. I'm Deanna Yates and you've been listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show. Cheers. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.